Good morning, Crossroads. Happy Father's Day. I want to thank you for being here and joining us here this morning at Crossroads Ministries. For those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're in the auditorium this morning, guys, what you do? Stand up. Let's worship our Heavenly Father. We have a loud voice, a lot of energy. Here we go.
Trinity or part of Trinity, let's say good morning, say welcome. Thank you all for being here.
Yeah. Hey, listen, can we pause and thank God for being our Heavenly Father? Can we pause and give thanks? I love that song. I love that song. Thank you guys so much. Listen, uh, I want to say good morning, and I want to say, listen, if we have any visitors in the house, I want to say welcome. We're so glad you're here. Please grab this Connect card in front of you and fill it out, and then drop it off at the Welcome Center, and introduce yourself, and get to know the people at the Welcome Center. We have awesome Welcome Center people, greeters in the lobby, so can we thank God for our greeters and our Welcome Center team? They're phenomenal. And listen, it is man day, so can we say thanks for our fathers? Can we give thanks for the fathers, for the men in our lives? Happy man day. Anybody grab a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich when you came in? You guys missed that tent, right, when you came in? You didn't smell it, like halfway through, you're driving up here, you know, you're on 88, and you're like, you know, it's like the little cartoon that kind of wafts towards the pie, you know. Listen, Ed and Denise Maxton, we thank God for you. They're just, we thank God for Ed and Denise. Wonderful, wonderful. Listen, church, I want to share with you a few things that are, are coming up. One, we had a, a movie night on Friday and a great movie night we showed in Canto and uh, thankful for all who came out. And then listen, mark your calendars for August 17th. We're going to have our another movie night. Uh, we're going to be showing the movie Sing 2, so make your, mark your calendars. And we're going to be down in the field just having another great time. Uh, listen, every Tuesday, please come on out. Car Cruise, 5 to 9, up here in the parking lot. So come on out and hang out with the Car Cruise people in the community there. And make sure you check out the gym for some great food. And then, listen, this Tuesday, we're having our Mega Sports Camp Volunteer Meeting at 6 o'clock. Uh, it's going to be in the canopy room. So all uh, those who are volunteering to help out with that team, uh, make sure you come on out on Tuesday at 6 o'clock in the canopy room. And uh, also, uh, mark your calendars for July 11th to the 15th is going to be the actual Mega Sports Camp Week. And so make sure you get your kids signed up. Uh, ask someone to, you know, sign up their kids and say, hey, listen, let's carpool. Like, this is a divine appointment. Pray for that family. Pray for that person you can interact with and say, hey, listen, I'm going to sign my kids up. You should sign your kids up. We'll work it out the whole week and just drive, pick up, whatever it looks like. But this is a, a phenomenal opportunity for us to engage our church and engage our community. So we're, we're praying for that week of July 11th to the 15th. And then listen, mark your calendars, August 7th, we're going to be having our church picnic at Palmer Park. And so come on out on the August 7th, and it's going to just be a great day to hang out as a church family. There's always good food, believe me. There's always good food and just hanging out, and we'll be having games and just hanging out, and it's just a great day at Palmer Park on the 7th. Um, church, uh, we're thankful for the men in our lives, and I'm also just thankful for the faithfulness of this church and giving online and the boxes on the wall and through the mail. Uh, the gen- this church's generosity is just it's very humbling. So thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And uh, God's just going to speak to us. And so as we continue on this morning, let's just go to the Father and let's ask him to move in our hearts as we continue on. Father, thank you for just loving us. Thank you for uh, finding us, for searching us out. Uh, and giving us new hope and giving us new meaning in life because of your son. So, Lord, we um, on this uh, man day, this Father's Day, we give thanks for the men in our lives, for those men who just pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and just raised us, did the best that they could. And, Lord, some are, are here, and we know some of our fathers are, are not here. And so, Lord, we, um, we thank you that uh, just for the men and for those who have, have helped us out, for those who have sharpened us, who have kicked us in the pants for those who have helped us along the way and uh, Lord we just um, we're thankful for all of those men in our lives and God we're thankful for you our heavenly father um, through and through just always there for us always with us um, and Lord we just thank you for this purpose that we have in you 
God, open our hearts as we open up your word and just speak to us this morning. And Holy Spirit, I pray that this you would just wrap this church up and just as we move forward as believers, that you would just encourage our hearts and just enlighten something today for the first time, maybe freshen something up today for the first time. So Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you're a dad, you have to play a lot of roles. Hey, 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 don't eat that. Don't tap on the bread. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Oh, you're good. Take, take a left. Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. When a man loves a woman, he... Honey! All righty, sweetie. This time I want you to concentrate and focus on the ball. You got this. Your date's here. Two weeks, no TV, no phone. This is my door in my house. I told you not to slam it. You get the door back when I say you get the door back. I told you before, don't you slam the door in my house. I told you. Hey, knock it off. Don't let me turn this car around. I'll do it. What are you wearing? Look, you're not going anywhere looking like that. Go on back upstairs and put some clothes on. Oh! Got it. Open the door. Get the door. Get the door. Get the door. Get the door. Open the door. Open the door. Bye. And Jesus steps in and stops everybody before they start throwing the rocks. And he says, let he who's without sin throw the first stone. You do all of this knowing that one day you will get fired because we all get fired. But by the grace of God... You might get hired back to be a consultant. Hey, sweetie. What's up? Amen. Thank God for all the dads, huh? We thank God for all the dads, yeah. How about all you dads in the building? Would you stand up this morning? Let's, let's look at you and let's honor you this morning. All the dads. Look at all these dads. Yeah, you're in full force today. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. You may be seated. We thank you. And I hope that you appreciated the bacon out there. There's nothing that says man more than bacon, doesn't it? You know, I mean, it's just like, this is, uh, this is good bacon. That bacon doesn't clog arteries out there. It's church bacon. I just want you to know that, all right? So, but I want to encourage you today as we stand up and we are the men of the church. And uh, I just want to encourage you as we celebrate man. Uh, celebrate being a man, and not only are we going to celebrate being a man, but we're going to look at a challenge from God's Word, because God directly challenges men in the Scripture. And so today, we're going to give a challenge for both of you, for, for, for men and for the women. There's something applicable in every passage of the Bible, but we're going to look at a, a direct challenge here today. But as I was thinking about Man Day and thinking about all the fun that we have, you know, today you're going to go do stuff, you're going to... You know, some guys have already gone fishing. They've started their fishing expedition already. Uh, a bunch of guys had their cars out there this morning. You, as you came in, you probably saw a bunch of the muscle cars and different things that the guys had out there. And it's just fun. Isn't it cool to see that? Like for me, I was looking outside and I saw all these cars. I, well, one guy was pulling up, revving his engine. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it, man. We're, we're, at, we're allowed to have some fun. It's actually awesome to have a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, when you think about man, you think of strength, you think of, a, uh, of what, what a man can do. And I, wanna, I want you to be reminded that there's a lot, of, a lot of fun things that we do, but being a man comes down to being a man when it's really important to be a man. 
And, and that's whenever being a man is really known, whenever it's important. Like whenever there's a moment where, where it's a question, where it's a hard time, that's whenever the men step up to the plate. And so today as we talk about Man Day, I want to remind you of a, an October day in 1555. It was a crisp day. It was a, a day like a thousand other days before, but this day was different. It would stand out on history as a day that two men would refuse to recant their faith in Jesus Christ, and they would pay a brutal death. They would be burned at the stake. What crossed their minds as they left the prison coming down to the stake where they would be burned and face their execution? Well, we really don't know what was going on in their minds, but we have a few of their statements. Hugh Latimer, <clears throat> Hugh Latimer turned to his friend Nicholas Ridley as he's walking down to, the, to his place to be executioned, and they take him first. Hugh Latimer turns to Nicholas Ridley, and he says this. He says, Be of good cheer, Ridley. Play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace as I trust shall never be put out. And I want you to think about that because those words are so strong, aren't they? Play the man. Now think about it. He's going down to be executed. They're going to burn him at the stake for for following Jesus. Now, thanks be to God, we don't live in a world like that today. Amen? But I'll tell you what. One day we might. Uh, it, it's, it, it, we don't know what the world's going to hold for us. But as you look through church history, you see these men. They stood up, and he's walking down, and he tells his brother, he tells his friend, his follower, fellow follower of Jesus Christ, play the man. They're going to light us as a candle, and it will never be burned out. Man, that's a legacy. That's what I want. That's the man. That's playing the man. He was not a coward. He stepped up to the plate and he said, I'm going to play the man. So he encouraged it to his friend. And you know what? Those, those words weren't original with, with uh, Latimer. They weren't uh, original with him at all. <clears throat> he must have been reading. He must have been reading about some of the, some of the church forefathers that went before him for uh, uh, nearly... 1,500 years earlier, actually about 1,400 years earlier, uh, a man by the name of Polycarp was the one who first got that word. So here he is. Here's Polycarp as, uh, as he was a follower of Christ. Polycarp, if you go back into church history, you'll find that Polycarp was, in a, was a disciple from John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, you know, he was a disciple of Jesus. Well, John had followers, and John lived to be an old man. One of his followers was Poly, Polycarp. So one of the one, he had learned the word of God from John the Baptist, uh, from John the, the apostle. So as he as he's learning, he's growing in Christ. And then uh, one of the things that John said, and he gives it to us in the book of Revelation, two ten, he said this, and I want you to catch this because Polycarp would have heard this. He says, "Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Be faithful even to the point of death. Do not be afraid of for what you are about to suffer." Suffering is coming. And so John had died, but these words are ringing in Polycarp's ears. And so what happened on that day that, that Polycarp would end up giving his life? Polycarp is brought in before the Roman Colosseum, and the, the crowd is chanting, free the lion, free the lion. In other words, let the beast come out and just eat him alive. And so as, he, as he's coming into the Roman Colosseum, Polycarp enters the Roman Colosseum, and a voice came from heaven and said this, 
Be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. No one saw the speaker. Everyone heard the voice. We see this from history. Uh, Days before, Roman bounty hunters had come and they had tracked down Polycarp for being a follower and a preacher of the gospel of Christ. Polycarp led the church at Smyrna. And so he, he, was, he was like the bishop of the city, if you will. And so he led the church at Smyrna. <clears throat> and perhaps that's why they granted him his final wish. His final wish was this. Can I have one hour of prayer before I go to give my life? Two hours later, many who watched Polycarp, watched how he prayed. Two hours later, many of them repented of their sin on that day, came to Christ. It wasn't enough, however, to stop the mission from being accomplished, to take Polycarp and to be burned at the stake. Like Jesus, as Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, Polycarp enters into Smyrna on a donkey. And the Roman proconsul they implored Polycarp to recant. They said, swear by the genius of Caesar. Swear that Caesar is Lord. And Polycarp held his tongue he held, he grounded his tongue. He was not about to respond to that. Swear and I will release thee, reveal the, re, revile the Christ. And here's what Polycarp responds. He says, 86 years I have served Jesus Christ. And he has done me no wrong. How can, how then can I blaspheme my King Jesus who saved me? Now when you think about this, this was a guy who stood up and he played the man. As he hears those words, nobody, nobody sees the voice, but they hear the words, play the man. He stood up and he played the man. Polycarp was led to the center of the Colosseum where three times the proconsul announced, Polycarp has confessed himself to be a, a Christian. And so as, he, as the bloodthirsty crowd is chanting and they're, they're hollering to free the lion, uh, they, they end up taking him up to, uh, to, to be burned at the stake. And as they put him in there to be burned at the stake, his last prayer was this. I bless you because you have thought me more worthy of this day and this hour to be numbered among your martyrs in the cup of Christ. And then they have him and they light the fire. And according to history, we find that the fire surrounded him, the fire encompassed him, but it didn't burn him up. Kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire did not consume them. So they came and they, they took a sword and ended up killing them by sword. But the words came out, play the man. You know what? I think there's something to this. And men on Father's Day, as we stand up here on Father's Day, I want to encourage us as men to, to play the man. Like, like this is a big deal. God's given a challenge. And I want to show you the challenge from his word. If you go over into 1 Kings chapter 2, Beginning in verse 1, you'll see that David um, was, the, was the king, and David is coming to the end of his life. David's coming down to the end of his life, and he's about to give a charge over to Solomon, who would be the next king. So he's given the charge to his son Solomon. Second, uh, sorry, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. As David's time drew near, so as he was nearing death, he charged Solomon his son, saying this. I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, 
to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all you do wherever you turn. I want you to catch this. There's something powerful in this charge, and it's a powerful charge for men here today and for women. I want you to catch it because while the charge was given directly to a man, I think the application applies to men, number one, and also to women. And I want you to catch this today because it's pretty heavy. You ready? Number one, I'm going to give you three points here. Now, don't think you're getting out early, but you're only getting three points. So we're going to give you three points, and we're going to rock through them, right? We have a baptism at the end of our service today. Tana Campbell's getting baptized. Yes. So... I'm excited about that. We're going to have a great day here today. But um, I want you to catch this. Here's three, three thoughts that I see in this passage that are challenged to us as men on Father's Day. As, as a man, any day, whether you're a father or not. Young men, I want you to catch this. You teenage guys, you young, young men, I want you to catch this. Man, there's something powerful here. Single men, everybody, let's catch this. Number one is to be strong. Be strong. You know, so often in life, we, uh, we, you know, we think of men, we think of the strength of men. But I want you to think of how strength is built. You build strength by lifting, don't you? You, you lift something heavy, and then all of a sudden you get a little bit stronger. Um, you know, whenever I go down to the, to the Planet Fitness twice a year, whenever I go in there, I see the serious weightlifters as I'm pedaling my bike. And I'm pedaling my bike, and I'm sweating like crazy, and I see the serious weightlifters. And never have I seen a serious weightlifter go, oh, this was so easy. Oh, I can't wait to do this again. No. They take it, and they go, oh, oh, and you hear all kind of noises. And they're struggling. And they lift it up, and then you hear, the, you hear the weights go clang, and they go clanging on the ground, right? Listen, you don't get strong unless you lift something heavy. And I want you to remember that because strength, God is growing us, men and women. God is growing us, and he's growing us by, by the strength. Listen, there are things that you have to lift that are heavy. And, man, here, here's, here's, here's how you get strong, though. I want you to catch this. Solomon needed strength. David was giving his charge to his son Solomon. There was a lot that Solomon would have to lift as being the king. I mean, it was, it was horrendous what he would have to do. A lot of work that he would go through. King Solomon ends up building the temple. His dad wanted to see it built, but it would end up being built by Solomon. Uh, it would be an honor uh, that, that he would get to do. And so he, he needed strength to do that. Solomon also faced temptation in the form of wives. If you're familiar with Solomon, he had hundreds of wives and hundreds of concubines. And you're like, whoa. You know, I read that. I'm like, Solomon, how could you be so wise and have hundreds of wives? Like, like, so he needed strength to, to go out. And if you go and read 1 Kings chapter 11, you will see the fall of Solomon. And it's a pretty hefty hefty fall. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty big fall. And how that, how that his fall was actually because of the women in his life. Um, he cho- made bad decisions. And so God says, we've got to be strong. Let me show you how you become strong, though. You, got, you become strong, you gain strength 
by realizing that I don't have all the answers. I become strong by realizing that I don't have all the answers. Now listen, as a dad, your kids are going to call you, your kids are going to come to you, and they're going to ask you certain questions, and, uh, and you're going to have to try and give them the answers. Well, you don't have all the answers. You have been taught in our world to look like you have all the answers, to make that kid think that you have all the answers, but the real strength will come whenever you realize that you don't have the answers and that you've got to come to God Almighty. Strength in the Bible comes from weakness. You see, he's not, David's not telling him to go out and be strong in your own might. He's saying, go out and be strong in the might of the Lord. Look what Paul said. This is how Paul said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Uh, he, had, he had just got done, he was saying about all the wonderful revelations that he received from the Lord, the work that God has called him to do. And he says, in, uh, in, in light of all these great things that are happening, so God, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh by God, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. So in other words, he's turning the whole picture. He says, Satan's coming at me. I've got a thorn in the flesh, but I see the hand of God in this. Three different times I beg the Lord to take it away. Three times I come and I beg the Lord. And I don't think this means like, you know, I did this all in one day three times. I think it's three times he kept coming back. God, this is the toughest season of my life. Lord, would you please make life a little bit easier? Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient. My power works best in weakness. So now. I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. You see, this is the opposite of how TV portrays it, don't they? They portray, and it's all testosterone. And yeah, I want you to know that, listen, life is full of trials, and it's full of a lot of heavy lifting. And don't run from the heavy lifting. Because if you don't run from the he- if you run from the heavy lifting, you'll never be strong. You'll never be mentally strong, socially strong, spiritually strong. You won't grow. Man, life is hard. I have found this: there is nothing easy about life. Nothing. So therefore, I need the strength of God. Verse ten, he says, "That's why I take pleasure in my weakness, and in the insults, and in the hardships." And in the persecutions and in the troubles, all these things that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so I want to encourage every man here today on Man Day, take your weakness to God because in your weakness, you will be strong. Take that weakness. Your weakness is not the problem. It is your not surrendering to the strength of God. Do you see the problem? See, we've been taught... You know, never let them see you sweat. Well, that's just a nice commercial lingo. That has nothing to do with reality. Reality is, man, life is hard. There are times that I don't want to get up. 
There's times I don't want to do this anymore. There's times I don't want to keep moving forward because the trials are so hard. There's times that family is hard. There's times that work is hard. There's times that community involvement is hard. So I want to encourage us men to be strong. Women, I want to encourage you as well to be strong. Because the call here is to take your weakness to God and let his strength become glorious in your life. As I said, there's nothing easy about life. The Apostle Paul says it like this. He says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Read that with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many of you have memorized that. Many of you have that verse somewhere written. It's on a card. It's on on a meme. It's somewhere. You've seen this verse everywhere. Paul is not saying, look at me. Look what I can do. Look at all the accomplishments. He's not saying that. If you go in the context of Philippians 4, you'll see it was in financial hardship. He said, I've had good financial times and I've had bad financial times. And in the midst of all that, I've learned that no matter what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm. And here in our culture today, there's a recession. The recession's coming. If you turn on the news, you'll hear the word recession 15 times before you eat dinner. And then you don't want to eat dinner after that, right? Well, guess what? There's a recession coming. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul said, I've had a lot. I've only had little. And I have found that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, Listen, I want to encourage you, everyone, where do we get our strength from? Am I getting my strength from my past accomplishments? Am I getting my strength from my image that I'm trying to portray? Or am I getting my strength in my weakness from Christ? And I want to encourage you. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to come to the end of yourself. The world says, fill yourself. Make yourself more of you. God says, I want you to come to me and empty yourself. And I want my power to fill you. Let God fill you. Let the power of God fill you. You can do all things through Christ. And some of you are facing some really hard times right now. I want to encourage you in that weakness. You can face it. You can do it, not through your own power, though. If you think it's on your own power, you think you can get up and not pray about it and go accomplish it, you won't be able to do it. God says you can do it through me. And you come and you meet before the Lord. Number two this morning, so we're halfway through, right? Three, two is halfway three. Play the man. Play the man. Men, I want you to play the man. Women, I want you to play the woman. Play the man. Men, look what he says here. He says, verse 2, he says, I'm going the way of the earth. I'm going to die. I'm, 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 it's not long. These are my final days. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Show yourself a man. So I started looking in there. What does this mean? Is he, is he meaning, you know, just go show yourself a man? What, what does he mean? Well, so I started looking in the, in the original language, and that phrase, show yourself a man, is, is like this. He's saying, be a man. Be a man. Some translations will translate this, be courageous. But I thought it's very interesting that David talks to his son, in no unsugarcoating way, and says, be strong, 
buck it up. Be a man. I want you to be courageous. Ooh, now I want you to catch us here. In 1744, the College of William and Mary sent a letter to six Native American chiefs offering an education to 12 of their young braves. Their chiefs, the chiefs politely declined the offer and sent the following reply. They said, Dear gentlemen, several of our young people were formerly brought up at the colleges of the northern provinces. They were instructed in all of your sciences. But when they came back to us, they were bad runners, ignorant of every means of living in the woods, unable to bear cold or hunger, knew neither how to build a cabin, how to take a deer, or how to kill an enemy. They couldn't even speak our language anymore very good. They, couldn't, they spoke our languages imperfectly. And, uh, and they were neither, and they were therefore neither fit for hunters, warriors, or counselors. They were totally good for nothing. <laughs> the chiefs then made them an offer. If the gentlemen of Virginia will send us a dozen of their sons, we will take care of their education, instruct them in all we know, and make men of them. Hmm, isn't that a powerful thought? Hmm. Folks, I've never gone to a class on how to be a man. Now, check that out. Have, has any man ever signed up for a class on how to be a man? Like, like listen, I, I, went, I went through 12 years of education. Then I went through four years of college. Then I went through years on end of master's degrees. And not one of them said, hey, sign up on how to be a man. There's no class on how to be a man, is there? But David says to his son, I want you to be a man. Now, now catch this here. Uh, the world needs men who will stand up and be men and women who will stand up and be women. You catch that? Men who will stand up and be men, women who will stand up and be women. Genesis 1, and 28 says this. God created in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. And then the next phrase says that God blessed them. Like, this is what God did. God created man in his own image. And so the very image of God is on me as a man and on you as a man and on you as a woman. Now catch that. The image of God. So here's what happens. When, when we start to mess with this image, what's happening is there's an attack after the image of God. You see, we're, we're living in a world where, where the lines are blurred from a man to a woman anywhere. We're masculine and feminine, uh, and, and you come along this. Listen, what Satan is doing, Satan is not coming after, after necessarily you. He's coming after the image of God. And so as we are raising our children, folks, we've got to stand up and we've got to help our children understand, son, you are an image of God. Worship him as a son of God. Amen? Amen. Little girl. Now check this out. Honey, my little girl, you are the image of God. Worship him as the female image of God. Amen? So we thank God for that. Okay? Now listen. Here's where we, where we forget. We, we keep forgetting that this is the image of God. This is not something about politics that you see out there, folks. 
This is the truth of God's word. He has created us in his image. He made them male and female. He created them in the image of God. And so here's what happens. Sometimes what I feel and what is real are two different things. And listen, I've got to tell you the truth. The truth is this, that God loves you and God has so much more for you than what you feel. He has placed the image of God on you and it was no accident. And when God looks at you and he places his image on you, know that he loves you and he is not making a mistake. He has created you for his honor and for his glory. And so when we see a culture that's coming after us and that Satan is, is, is lobbing these attacks, I'm reminded of Chuck Colson. He said this, the fundamental pillar of our society, the family, has been under assault for years and its crumbling has long been a vital concern to Christians. But do not miss the progression. The artillery salvos are, are escalating against something even more fundamental, the very notion of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. That was Chuck Colson, and that article was written in 1991. You see, folks, as a man, we have to stand up and take courage. And may I remind you, you need courage because there's fear. He says, take courage. Why do I need courage? Because there's something hard I have to do. There's something that I don't want to have a hard discussion at home. There's a hard discussion in your family, in your church, in your neighborhood. These are hard things. Listen, there's hard things. Let me tell you, some of the hardest discussions you'll ever have is to say, I am sorry. Do you know those are the hardest words for a man to say ever? And you know what? It takes a lot of courage to look at your wife and say, Honey, I'm sorry that you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. It takes a lot of courage to look at your wife and say, Honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me tell you, it takes a lot of courage to come back to your kid after you lost your temper and say, son, daughter, dad lost his temper, and I'm sorry. You know, God didn't create a perfect dad for my kids. He created me to be their dad. And I'm sorry. That that's what they gave, right? But no, I'm the image of God. And I get to be the image of God to my little girls who are now adult kids and run around the church and blazing their own trails, starting their own families. And I'm the consultant now. And every now and then they ask what I really think. And then I tell them, and sometimes they like what I really think. Sometimes they don't. But it's nice because I'm just a consultant now. And I want to encourage you. Folks, it takes courage to stand up against our culture. And I'm not suggesting we go out and be ignorant. We're not called to go out and pick fights. I'm not talking anything politics here. I'm talking the truth of what God's Word says. God created us man and He created the woman. And there's no accident. 
for the likes and the dislikes and all the things that he's given you. And you will learn to honor and glorify him as he's created you. And it will be powerful. Listen, Solomon needed courage. He needed courage to go out and to make decisions. You know, one time they came before Solomon. Two moms came before Solomon with a baby. There were two moms that lived in the same house, and they both had babies. The, the one mother had, had fallen asleep on top of the child, they said, and, had, and, and the child had died. So the, the child that died, the mom in the middle of the night, switched the kids. And so they came up before King Solomon. It's very interesting reading the scripture. And, 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 and they explain this, and it's like this, this, you know, by the time it gets to, to the king, right, this is a big deal. And so King Solomon has a wisdom and has judgment. And King Solomon comes out and says, okay, here's how we're going to decide whose kid this is. Go get a sword. We'll cut the kid in half and give you both of them. And all of a sudden, the real mom cries out, no, that's my kid. Don't you dare. And the one who had switched the kid said, go ahead, cut him in half. And the scripture says that everybody was amazed at his wisdom. Do you know what? That took courage, didn't it? It took courage. And this is what God wants for us. There's things, that are gonna, there's things in my life that take courage. It takes courage to stand up. It takes courage to get up. It takes courage to be faithful. It takes courage to love, to honor, to, to cherish. It take, this is where the courage comes. And so I have to stand up and I have to have courage. And, and you know what? My wife has to have courage as well. So this is not just for men. This is men and women. We need courage. Courage to do the things that God's called us to do. And let me tell you how you get courageous. Here's how you get courageous. You don't get courageous by working up the willpower inside. You get courageous by knowing that you're on the winning team. Psalm 23 says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he, you, God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You can be courageous Because God is right here. He's standing with you. He says he will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you have a hard discussion with your husband or your wife, uh, you can have that hard discussion because he is with you. When things don't work the way that you thought that they were going to work, when life seems to fall apart, it's okay. You can walk through. Listen, he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to come out the other side. You hear this verse quite often at a funeral, but I want you to catch the bigger context. You get to walk through the trouble because God is with you. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, uh, Jesus told us, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Verse 6, continuing on there says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Do you see where courage comes? Courage comes when you're faced with fear. You don't have courage when you're just walking the field. You're just walking through life and, ah, this is so wonderful. You don't need courage there. You need courage whenever things are hard. And you get through those hard times because you know that God is with you. Nothing is easy about life. May I say that? Nothing is easy about life. There's nothing easy about life at all. 
Take courage and be committed to it. I, I told the first service that the, you know, the, the easiest days of my life was when my mom paid all the bills. I love that days, didn't you? You know? If I asked her, you know, you know, I don't call my mom and say, Hey, Mom, would you pay my cell phone bill now, right? Yeah. Hey, Mom, do you think you could help me? Yeah. My mom, she would if I asked her to. But let me tell you, it was much easier when I was 10 and she just did it. Man, oh, dang. Number three, walk in God's ways. Walk in God's ways. Do what he says. See, it's not enough to just know it. We've got to do it. Uh, verse 3 there, he says, Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies. According to what is written in the law of Moses, that's all they had of the Bible at this point. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all they have is those five books. So he says, keep the will of the Lord. I want to encourage you. God has given us everything you need. Everything you need to live successfully is right here in this book. And he says, I want you to walk the way. It takes courage, folks. It takes, we've got to be strong. It takes courage. And it takes direction. You have to be on the right path. Listen, It's not about just being good. It's about honoring him and understanding who he is. Oh, that Solomon would have taken that advice. He would have avoided so much calamity in his his life. Oh, that today husbands and wife would take this advice. Oh, today that they would take the advice to walk according to what God says. It takes courage to do that. Over in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said it like this. He said, everyone who hears these words of mine, he had just gotten done. He gave the big sermon on the mount. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. Did you catch that? And does them, like obeys. They will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Then the next verse says, and then the rain came. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and the beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And so when you take your life and you found your life on the rock, Jesus is the center of your life, and you're not going to just know what he says. You're going to obey. You're going to take courage and do the right thing when it's not popular. You're going to go out and stand up for God when in daytime, at nighttime, all the time. When nobody's looking, you will be a person of integrity. You will follow through to the, what the Lord has said. He says, then your life is like it. And he, notice he doesn't say that the rain will never come. Let me tell you, the rain's coming. The storm is coming. Jesus said, Get ready. It's coming. Man, so I want to give you three thoughts here as we wrap up here. Just in review. Number one, be strong. Everybody, be strong. Let's be strong in the Lord, not in our own might. Be courageous. Jesus didn't say it wouldn't be fearful. He said there's a lot of things out there. Let's go and be courageous. And then lastly, follow his ways. Walk in his ways. See, walking is a verb. He says, I want you to walk. I don't want you just to know it in your head. I want you to walk. I want you to put this into your life. I want you to practice it when you get up, when you go to bed, and everything in between. I want you to walk in his ways. And he says, then you'll be successful. Then you will succeed. 
Let's close in prayer as we prepare for a baptism this morning. And I'm going to ask Tana's going to head on back to get ready to get baptized. And I think that her, her baptism story, just even writing her story, is courageous today. Because she's sharing the good news that Jesus has given for her. So uh, let, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I'm going to ask everyone that's bow in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed today. I want to invite you to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, Pastor Ken, I've not yet trusted Christ as my Savior. I want to invite you to trust him. Just call on him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm going to invite you today. Would you just call on him and pray something like this? Dear Jesus, I come before you and I need you. I'm a sinner. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And I invite you into my heart and soul right here, right now. Thank you for coming into my life right now today. And for others in this room, maybe God's speaking to you about being strong. Empty yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He will lift you up. Maybe he's talking to you about being courageous, moving forward in the face of fear. The fear will always be there. But when you have your courageous, you you get that from his presence. Maybe you were trying to do this on your own for the Christian life. God's speaking to you. Would you respond to him? Maybe he's talking to you about walking in his ways. Maybe there's some repentance that God's talking to you about. Whatever the Lord's speaking to you about, would you meet with him as we close in this song? Father God, be with each person today as we respond to your holy word. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we respond? How I long to breathe the air of heaven When mercy is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon
Thank God, yes. This is Tana Campbell, and Tana is going to share her testimony by way of video this morning. I want to encourage you to tune in and pay attention uh, as she shares her story of her faith in Christ. My name is Tana Campbell, and I have been coming to Crossroads for three plus years. Um, My husband also comes, and my children. They've been coming for about two years. I started coming by myself when I first started coming here. So it was a little bit of a journey to get the whole family here, but I'll talk about that later. Um, My life prior to finding our Lord was hard. It wasn't an easy life. There there were a lot of trials and a lot of things that went wrong and, and it was never peaceful. It was always a fight. You felt like you had to fight everything. I, I grew up in the Catholic Church and I went to a Catholic school and I went to church every Sunday. I never studied the Bible though. I never read any of the scripture. We never learned any of that. What, in a nutshell, we learned is if you go to church every Sunday, you're good. And as I grew older, I learned that something was missing, that I believed that there was a God. I believed in Jesus. I believed in heaven. But as I got older, I realized there had to be something more. There just has to be something more to a relationship with your Savior than just going to a building every Sunday to go through rituals and coming out of a church on Sunday, you should come out with a lesson. You should come out with feeling like you've you've been bolstered in your belief in in God and in your faith and, and what you focus on in life. And coming out of church, I never felt that. I, I don't remember lessons from the church that I could actually live by. Uh, so about, it'll be six years in August, I decided to take a job at um, Rebel Run Stables, and I met Amy Hudson, who came to Crossroads, and I had known her for a couple years, and I had found out she was Christian very early on, and I bugged her incessantly about it. I just asked her questions, and what do you do about this, and what do you think is happening here, and I don't know if I got on her nerves enough, or if... um, It was something that she felt a calling to do. She asked me to come to Crossroads for service. And I came in, and we sat down, and and she said, no, you need to stand up. We're going to sing. And I said, do you all actually sing? And she said, yes. I said, oh, we don't sing in the Catholic Church. You just stand. And so I sang. And I'm not a good singer, so it was, you know, I was a little nervous to do it. But I walked out of that service and that sermon, and I felt like a new person. I had never felt like that coming out of a service ever in my life. And we ended up going to brunch, and she said, well, what did you think? And it was so exciting, and we talked to each other, and we talked about what Pastor Ken said, and I learned something that day. And she came with me for a few more weeks, and it ended up that our schedules for work ended up being different, so I would go to different services than she actually did. And It was so much fun. And I started to talk to Pastor Ken. 
after services and he introduced me to his wife Rhonda and who I had actually known for a while because many years ago I brought my daughter to Mops here and so I got to meet Rhonda again and um, we sat down and we talked and Rhonda said well do you want to accept Christ as your Savior and I said yes and we went into Pastor Ken's office and I accepted him as my savior and my life has completely changed. There's nothing the same about my life. I have become more committed, if that's at all possible, to living the way that God and Jesus would want me to and accepting the faith that God has so graciously given me as a gift and trying to use the wisdom that I pray so hard for and have him with me in all things all day long. It it has become a rock in my life. The hardest thing for me was the ministry portion of it, though. I didn't understand how to do ministry. And I learned that through my family, which was a huge learning experience for me, that I could minister to my family. And that's very easy to do. They're your family. They love you. They support you. But they've all come with me in the latter part of the journey, which has been nothing short of phenomenal for all of us to do this. And then last summer, I got an opportunity. Rhonda came to me and said, we have a teacher's aid opening in the preschool, Sunshine Tree Preschool. Would you like it? I said, yes. She said, well, you should go home and pray about it. I said, no, I've been praying about this for months that something like this would happen. I said, it's it's an answer to a prayer. I said, God took his you know, we had, God takes everything in his own time, and we, and we have to wait sometimes for the answer, but here it is. And I didn't hesitate, and I got to come to Sunshine Tree Preschool, and I remember one day, I was talking to Pastor Ken after a Saturday service, and I said, Pastor Ken, am I ministering right now? He said, do you work in the preschool? I said, yes. He said, then you're ministering. That's what we do. And I didn't realize, I realized in that moment that ministering it's such a beautiful thing, and all things with God are beautiful things, and I'm thankful every day that God has been able to bless my life and make my life a hundred times better than it was ever. There's so much more peace. There's so much more joy. Even in the worst times, God allows you to see wonderful things, and you just, for me, I just need to listen. And let go. It was about letting go and letting God have my life. And it has been a miraculous journey and and one that I would take a hundred times over again if I was asked, would you do it all again? And I would reply I would have done it sooner had I known. I want to get baptized today because I, I, I want to show God that he is the focus of my life and that I love him. And I want to thank him for everything that he's giving me. And I feel like the baptism will allow me to express that love for him and show him that he he has made my world a much more wonderful place. Isn't that wonderful? Let's thank God for that. I love your testimony. That is so powerful. Man, her life has completely changed.
Her husband's standing back here taking the video, and I know they can all attest to that, the change that Jesus makes. We just did a series on transformation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. So, Tana, upon your profession of faith and obedience to the Lord's command, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of Christ's death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Wave to your family. God bless. God bless you. This is wonderful. Well, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a lot of baptisms been going on. I'll tell you what, we had four kids get baptized in the first hour today. Four kids got baptized last week. Tana got baptized today. I talked to two other people this week. Actually, I talked to four other people this week that are getting baptized in the coming weeks. Let's thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Let's stand together and be dismissed. I want to encourage you. Maybe you can find a piece of bacon in the parking lot. Have a good day. Happy Father's Day.
beginning to the end of days Those words I've heard all my life And it's truth and power will always remain But as my eyes close and mind awakes No words come to fill the space Cause words, they don't do your power much justice It's too great, too great to be bound By little letters we make up that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me. Daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good.